screaming, no minds. You know he needed to be so abusive. Let's get it. I'm on another level. Respect when you see me, see me scared. These a verbal devil. Give it the heebie-jeebies. Big bang, high rank. All you girls is teeny weeny. Top these girls the real game. School the like Mr. Feeny. I walk in the club, they showing love. I hit the VIP. Water like a tub, they know what's up. I never need a liquor in this club. I sip it up, got all the eyes on me. Nobody hires me. We can't relate this roly faces holding all the way. I pay the price, I got this ice, I need a pair of skates. Cake, not a slice, I mix the batter and I watch the bake. Backing up her eyes and watch her cry. She don't speak the same language. Let that money talk, we don't do no translation. All white, no stains, dripping Caucasian. Did the game hell, all these bitches can't take it. Baby girl, we don't speak the same language. I'm the type of broke that's never hang with. of the Boss Fest Podcast. I'm Edwina. I'm Kevin. What's up? And today's topic is men's mental health because June is men's mental health month. Do you know, I didn't even 
know when Women's Mental Health Month was, but I realized we missed it. It was in May. So I had felt some type of way. I was like, oh, we do a men's mental health. What about me? And I'm like, ah, you missed it. Mm. So here we are for That's, men's mental health. That seems typical. <laughs> seems, seems, seems very, very typical. But listen, technically it ain't even our month. It belongs to a lot of different people now. I don't want to get in trouble. They got a bunch of alphabets in their name. But I'm just saying, it's their month. But people can share. People can share months. Share. Wow. Well, I mean, when you saying. get canceled, I just really want it to be just you. I'm just saying. I don't want to be canceled with you. See, that's the thing. Just canceling people for saying it. All right, that ain't the topic. It's really not. <laughs> it's See, really not. I got some mental issues. Which is why we're talking about men's mental health. Um, because there are some issues out there. So, um, with you being the only man in, man in the room, how do you feel about men's mental health? And do you feel like you have outlets to be able to, to speak about your mental health? So I guess I'm starting to take a different approach to uh, my mental health. I know before I never really gave it any consideration. And I'm pretty sure a lot of men have done the same thing. Uh, We've been trained or conditioned to uh, look at things differently, approach stuff more aggressively, less emotions, less feelings. And if you are feeling a certain type about it, uh, suppressing that information, suppressing that energy. Um, But uh, we're starting to see a change in society. It's starting to seem like there's going to, there's starting to be a little bit more acceptance to um, men being able to say certain things about their mental, I don't want to call it instability, but mental, I don't even want to call it mental issues. I don't know how to really preference it. I think some of those we can words call too, it issues. Y'all have mental no, issues. Listen, because I think sometimes certain words are used as trigger words and like toxic and stuff like that. But I'll say mental concerns. Okay, concerns is better. Uh, right, mental concerns sounds like a better preference to me. But it does seem like uh, the era we're starting to live in now the time we're living in now that more and more men can actually say you know hey man i'm hurting i'm feeling a certain type of way um i still think we have a long way to go but i'm optimistic about the future the present is still challenging all right so as a man you said you feel like there's more outlets do you feel like you can say that you're hurting so i'll preface it this way I don't think I can't say I'm not hurting. You can't say you're not hurting? What I mean by that is it used to be a time when, as a man, you couldn't even say that you're hurting. Now, as a man, you can say that you are hurting or you're feeling a certain type of way. The issue that we're facing as a generation now, especially the older generation, is that we were never really taught how to deal with that stuff. So it almost feels foreign to us. It feels uncomfortable to say I'm, I'm feeling this way. Um, I was listening to um, a podcast the other day and he was talking about uh, men's mental health and things like that. And they said that, you know, men are trained not to cry. And they broke it down in different ways. They said, you know, we're women, uh, we're little girls and stuff. You know, if a little girl falls, she scratch her knee or something, you know, you, you get the high pitched voice like, oh, baby, what's going on? You know, they also do that with babies, too, and things of that nature. Uh, but it's a certain period within boys, as they're transitioning from boys into men, that that no longer is cool to do and to prepare them for to face them as, as in society. So if a little boy falls, you look at me, man, suck that up. Uh, why are you crying? That didn't hurt. Deal with that. And it's the, those things and those examples that we have, not even realized that was happening to us that has led to this place of us always suppressing our feelings and stuff. Okay. So in the, it is freer to discuss um, your health, your mental health um, with other men. So I know you were in a room not too long ago with a couple other men. Do you feel like in those type of settings, it's okay to say, Hey man, I'm struggling with this or I feel like this. Do you feel like those are now safe spaces? It depends on if we share similar situations or backgrounds. 
Okay. Because I know we did a podcast not too long ago, and I don't remember exactly when, but you said something to the effect where men will be like, oh, okay, I understand, but then they're going to start, like, picking at you or going in. So when does when is it no longer safe space and you feel like, all right, now my, my fella's going to come for me? So those are one-off situations, and for most men, you know, if it's something that's, like, real serious, like something that we know truly is going to impact you real bad, we don't typically dig in too deep. We may make a comment or something just to try to get you to laugh over. And I think that's how we sometimes cope with stuff is we try to get through it through laughter. Mm-hmm. And we should get our, our brother to say, hey, man, that ain't really listening. Man, let's just laugh at this, man. Man, we're going to a few years from now or a month from now, you ain't going to care about none of this stuff, man. We're going to laugh about this over some drinks and stuff. And that's how we sometimes approach those things. But everybody's not in a position or wants to uh, laugh or smile about certain things. Some things just plague you forever and you just – you know, you fake through the smile. And I think that's what we've become more conditioned to. Some things, some hurt. Sometimes things hurt. And we just became conditioned to smiling through it. I agree with that. Um, so the next comment says, emotional awareness is seen as weak, which is very damaging uh, to people as adults. I could also, um, I agree with that from a woman's standpoint. Because um, sometimes you can't, you know, like let your feelings out. I know. I've told you that from like work standpoint. So I know as a man, you probably feel that same way. Um, if not more because you're a man. Absolutely. Um, just trying to find, I'm not going to say the time, the space, the energy, like there's so many things that we have been pre-programmed, preconditioned to constantly suppress. And, Normally when we show emotions, it normally come out in some weird way, but it was because of so many. Example. Yes. What weird way? All right. So you, you get on, you get on me about this quite frequently, right? Okay. So let's say I had, let's say I had a long day at work, right? Mm -hmm. So I had a long day at work. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling exhausted. I walk through the door. Uh, I trip on shoes that's by the door. Okay, so I'm like, no, I'm just, just to it. I want to know what, what's I'm just, going I'm, 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 okay, I'm okay. going through the motion. Let me get through it now. All right. All right, so let's say I, I'm, I'm about to trip on shoes, getting the door. It's, it's annoying. It's irritating, but uh, I deal with it. Um, we both working and doing things like that, uh, depending upon which one of us got home first. Uh, we may have to straighten up the house, prepare a meal, do different things like that. Uh, you know, as we now have older kids, you know, you like, you sometimes assume that they're going to step up and help and do little things, but they don't really. And yeah, I've never assumed that. Okay. I don't know. I just assume if they would make a mess, they would clean it up. But that ain't the reality. So you got to come home and you got to clean up the mess that they did before you can even start trying to prepare a meal and stuff like that. Then it's dealing with that stuff. Then it's like, you no, know, just little things that may annoy you. Like, man, you couldn't even wash the dishes. You couldn't take the trash. So what you're about you to say is your hawk. Right. So what happens is, your original issue might have been something that wasn't even related to home. It happened at work. You was pissed off about something, but you done went through so many things. You suppressed this, you suppressed that, you suppressed that. Then all of a sudden, you done cleaned up, you done cooked, then you done re-cleaned up. And right before you were to lay down, you walk back into like the kitchen. I feel like you're making light of that. So what you're basically I'm, saying. I'm not making light of it, but I'm telling you that. Um, then I walk back out and let's say I see a half-drunk water bottle in the space I just cleaned up. Right, and, and you're now full and, and, and now I'm spazzing out. Mm-hmm. But it it isn't the water bottle that caused me to spaz out. It was it might have been the original events of the, uh, from work. So you're saying men typically do things like that. We right. see it come out in different ways. Right. So I know for women, you know, they try to address those issues each one individually, which can be exhausting at times. But for for us as men to deal with, and I think our energy for men towards women can be exhausting because. Y'all don't understand, like, dang, why, why, why is you acting like this over a bottle don't of water? Don't understand, right. And then it, it, then it builds that frustration, that friction, and it sometimes be hard to articulate. So, um, because I guess personally, I see that transpire, I guess, quite often. So if that is um, like your mental health or what did you call it? 
your concerns, mental concern, your mental concerns showing their head. How do you, you know, get help or assistance or, you know, release from those type of things instead of hawking out on somebody about a water bottle? So most things you really can't change about work situations. Work is going to be work. If you're in that place, you're in that job, it ain't always let me get a new job or do things like that. You just have to deal with that. You come home, you still got to deal with kids stuff. You still got to deal with cleaning stuff. Those things never really go away. So it isn't like you think about as a man, you don't sit there and think about, oh man, let me go get help for this. It was, it happened. I I, I, I released that steam. I'm good to go. But isn't that like the point of men's mental health month is um, bringing the awareness to the forefront so that you know, Hey, it is okay to get help because that's literally what it's been is a whole thing of society saying that you're okay. You, you're not hurt. You, you dust it off. Don't cry. So now what we're saying is let's change the narrative and men should start seeking help for their mental health concerns. We can, and there's definitely a lot of resources out there, but it's going to be challenging for most men who, you know, early millennials, you know, that 70s, 80s generation of men. I think now the, the generation of kids we're raising now will probably be a little bit more, um, adapted dealing with their mental issues and going to seek real help. I almost sometimes think that we may not be a lost cause, but it's like, if you made it through it this long, why go and why go and do that? Could be because of time, because of procrastination, could be because of many different things, but I know that I have issues and I find, I try to find different ways to cope with it. And so do you feel like seeking help for your mental concerns is going to make you look soft? I don't know what it's going to make me look like. And maybe that's part of the fear or the concern. Like I may come to a reality or understanding that, man, you know what? I may not be happy where I'm at or I may not be fulfilled where I'm at. And now I'm questioning everything that I've built or everything that I thought made me a man. Maybe or, you're not or, happy with yourself. Or I may not, or I may find I'm not even happy with myself. And that may be more scary than anything. So, so then like, it's still back to the question. I don't know if you like, you're dancing around it. What does help look like? I don't know. That's why I'm dancing around it. If I don't, no, or I'm afraid to seek it. How do I say? So how do you get unafraid? Like I know, um, like Donald, um, he um, does mental health, health, um, men's mental health. I think he said um, in one podcast that he does like group sessions um, with certain men, but like things like that, like seeking out therapy from other men in a safe space. Does that seem like something that men would do or something that you would do? Possibility. But the thing is, though, society as a whole itself will always see us a certain way, men, particularly black men. And sometimes those mental issues or mental concerns you develop is your armor. You ain't just so reluctant to remove your armor. Do you think as a black man, you have it worse than maybe other men? I think there's pre-existing traumas that exist within our communities that have us looking at things differently. Like I grew up in a gang era. I grew up in an era where like drive-bys happen every day. Uh, people was getting shot at every day. We, somebody shooting at the bus or something crazy. And it almost became numb to us. You heard about a friend dying or somebody's cousin getting shot or something like that. It became numb. It didn't become like, man, why are we doing this? It's become like, now we need to retaliate. We need to go back at this. And I just think those things have built up this tough outer exterior that you might be afraid what's underneath it if it cracks. Okay, because that's basically what the, the next comment said. It's like, how does one get out of their own way? And that's basically where you are facing 
Um, I don't know if there's any other men in the chat, but um, if there are any men in the chat, the question that I would pose is what do you do when you're feeling lost? What kind of help do you seek as men? Um, so that's the question. Maybe someone will, will shout out some help and then you'll say, oh, look, that might be interesting. It may be interesting. <laughs> um, I definitely think, you know, having more and more engaging conversations with the people that's um, closest to you, uh, whether a spouse, uh, family members and things like that, those people who you trust to protect your mental issues. Um, but sometimes there's a fear of even those people not truly being able to accept or embrace what it is you may truly have to say. Cause sometimes, you know, when trying to express yourself, uh, some people may feel like, you know, you're coming at them and that's not the case. You're just trying to figure out how you get through or figure out a solution. So do you think some of the mental issues could be stemmed around just a lack of being able to communicate? Communication is definitely key. Um, you know, men have been kind of preconditioned to show more than speak or display more uh, certain situations. Show, I don't know if I've heard of show more than speak before. I, so as a man, you put, you carry your presence. Um, and you can see it in certain men, like, man, they carry a certain aura about them, a certain presence about them. And you can almost like, you almost like how you rate women's beauty or you rate your beauty from a 10 scale. Like you can almost kind of see that in other men. Like, dang. The way he moves, he he acts like this. Like man, dang, he acts like that. I gotta dig into this. I've never that, heard this before. I never looked no. and been like, "Is she a ten? You so you seen? At, you never uh, looked at a chick and said she a ten? No, no. I may say she's pretty, and I like your outfit. I, and I, I get you know, that so someone's so pretty forth. and stuff like that. But you can't your uh, beauty. Beauty is measured. But you look at a other, another guy and you may say, man, that's like, that dude like a 10 right there. I'm not looking at a man like beauty. No, I'm saying like the way he may carry I wasn't himself. trying to say it like that, no. Yeah, the way it came off, it seemed that way. I'm not trying to say you're yeah. rating him like in like, as a woman may you, you rate just, him, but yeah. you're looking at him as though, so what I guess I'm trying to say is that you may look at a guy and let's say you, you said rating, so right. I'm just bringing out rating. You may look at him like a 10, but if you look at someone else as a 10, is that automatically you devaluing yourself so you feel like a 2 because you think this guy is a 10? Possibly. So you can look at other other men and be like, dang, he got his stuff together. It's like his household running a... Uh, especially when you look at men that's in entrepreneurial type spaces and things of that nature who is actually no sustaining and not just sustaining, thriving in those spaces. You'd be like, man, dang, he moving a certain way. And you can just see the energy that people give him. And you want to sometimes mimic that energy. But you may not truly understand what it took to get there. So, yes, there are ratings like, man, dang, I want to be like that dude who who, who, who has it figured out. Because sometimes as men, even at ages of 30, 40, 50, 60, we still don't got to figure it out. Right, but that's almost like the saying where it's like it it always looks good on the outside. So you don't know what what it took for them to get there or what their internal struggles may be. Um, but that's just people like looking at the outside. They're always like, Oh, I see what they got. You know, like I want this, I want that. But if I threw all my struggles down, you wouldn't want to have to go through those struggles to get what it is I have. So True. is that healthy to do that? And, but that's the way society works. That's the way men work. That's how men pick women. A man, a man can go and see a woman who he think is very beautiful, who he know is toxic as hell, and would, would probably prefer to deal with her because of her beauty, versus deal with this chick who may not be as beautiful. This seems crazy, man. I, I what you mean? Know. It seems crazy. It happens all the time. You can literally see dudes who are put up with more stuff because of, or ex- try to accept more things because of a woman's beauty. Like that's why women do the things they do. It's like. That doesn't seem so, foreign to me. I'm going like a full transparency. Most people say women doll themselves up for other women, not necessarily for men. But I thought a man is looking for his peace. What you're saying is he's looking for the exact opposite. He's looking for someone to just like literally wreck his peace. He'd rather be with that person than the person that's going to help him grow 
and build a lifestyle with. What I'm saying is we are visual creatures. We see something that is visually appealing. Okay. And then we go in and inspect it. Mm-hmm. We hope that it's not toxic or crazy or damaging. But if it is, you'll take it. But you, then you got to sit there and weigh out the, the, the guns. Like I said, so Precious over here might be my complete piece. <laughs> wow, it's a name Precious, but okay. No, I'm just saying, I'm talking from the movie Precious. I understand. So Precious over here may be my complete piece. Give me the joys I want. May take care of the house I want. Satisfy me, whatever. But I make, because of visually. Precious look like Precious. Right. Okay. I'm least likely to stay in that situation or even go to that situation. And I can sit over here and watch over here. So Precious had a name from the movie, but Toxic don't get no movie name. Who 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 can we have a good? I don't know. Somebody throw one in the chat. That'll work for me. I don't know, I don't know but somebody said you're making points. I make points a lot of times. You just like to discredit my points. I guess, but I mean, the people are are, are feeling what you're saying. So whatever, we can't think of no name because I can only think of like um, rappers and stuff. So I, I don't got nobody for you for my movie. But so what you're saying is this person that can build a household because they may be built like a truck. Um, you're not going to deal with them. You're going to go over here with toxic um, because she looks cute and she may be fun. Men are visual creatures. So in the chat, it says, sadly, um, that's how society is set up. A unhealed man is looking for something that did not require much work. I would agree with that. Um, so I guess that's really the key. An unhealed man is, is looking for something that's not a lot of work. So how do we know that the man is not healed and how does he seek healing? Better question is, does that man even know he's damaged? You don't think that men know they're damaged? Like as a woman, cause I can I, only I, speak for me. Like I know that I have trauma points and I know I have triggers. The older that I get, I can recognize things that will trigger me and understand why I reacted to certain situations. You don't think men have that capability to that no, understanding? I, a lot of men don't recognize that they're hurting or that they're dealing with stuff. Case and example, uh, we all know people who, who smoke, who drink and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. To me, someone who's smoking recreational, I got no issue with that, but someone who's constantly smoking every, day, morning, noon, night to stay in a a liberated state of mind may not realize they're broken or damaged. They just think that this is what I need to do. They might Everybody be running in the something. chat is agreeing with you, so men do not know that they're damaged. We, we don't know. Drink alcohol. May not know. So you're saying that these men may stay in a state of zen based on like what they think zen is right? so that they don't have to deal with the trauma. Correct. And that causes them to then look for the toxic woman. I'm not saying they're actually going out here looking for a toxic woman. What I'm saying is that most times, if you're truly looking for peace, it isn't in something that's very extremely flashy looking. Maybe they don't know how to find peace because they don't have peace. Like maybe they're attracted to toxic because of whatever's going on with them. Not disagreeing with that, but maybe... We don't think we're broken. Maybe we don't think we're. All right. So let me ask you, have you ever been at a point where you've dealt with some trauma and you're like, you can look back at that moment and say, you know what? I was really broken, but I didn't see it. Mm, I don't know. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to ask you a personal question. So we dealt with some infertility like years ago. And in that moment, like there was not time to check for what your feelings were or your mental health because everything was focused on me. So in those moments, how did you feel? Like how was your mental health at that time? Oh, okay, here we go. So So at that time, I felt like I 
stole something from you, even though physically uh, you might not have been able to conceive or carry or do something. But, but because of a decision I made, uh, based off a doctor's decision, I felt like I didn't have a place to even think about my emotions, my feelings, whatever I would have been dealing with at the time. Because I stole something. Technically, I felt like I stole something from you. All right, like, let me let me doctor feel us through this. Mm-hmm. So um in feeling that and you feeling like there wasn't a place for your emotions, when you don't feel like there's a place for your emotions, like what happens to them? Because they don't go away. So are you just harboring these emotions and then they start turning into resentment or like just what happens with, with those feelings? I don't know. We I told you I'm good at compartmentalizing. Like I can tuck something away and not touch it again. But you think you're good with compartmentalizing. You hawk out if there's an empty water bottle in your house. So you're obviously not as good as you think you are. That might be an, an annoyance and a little nuisance or something. Like if you, if, so let's be for real. So if you've been in, if you've been in here folding clothes all day long and you putting up stuff and all of a sudden I come in the house and I just snatch some stuff off the hangers and throw it across the bed and walk out the room, that's going to annoy the hell out of me. Yeah, but I'm very reactionary, and for in- if I feel a certain type of way, you know it instantly. Right. So I don't hold on to it. We don't wait till whatever. In fact, I'd be like, man, I can't even wait. Like, I got to tell you right now, you got on my nerves. So And sometimes for men, we don't feel like we can always react the way we want to the stuff because it might be more damaging to do it. And we've dealt with that stuff with you no know, raising our kids and stuff. Like some things, like some disciplinary things, I don't want to go in on. You like, man, I don't think I don't think that's the right course of action. And I'm like, man, shoot, that's what I've been grown up to. That's what I've been accustomed to. So I'm deferring back to what I knew. It seemed to work. It seemed like I'm living a sustainable life. I don't I'm, think that works. You don't think it works. I just don't agree with that. So um, the next comment says, we suppress our emotions and feelings to protect others. I would agree with that. I just wonder, as men, do you guys protect your, or um, suppress your feelings more than a woman would to protect, whether it's your spouse or your other friends? Um, Absolutely. So you brought the infertility thing. Let's go back to it. So at that time, when we were trying to figure out what was going on, like I said, we were just still just hunching. Oh, we, you brought up hunching. We just, we you just, took it way back. We just, okay, we, we were just hunching. I think hunching wasn't that like when you had your clothes on. Doing all that was okay. Whatever. So whatever. So so we dealt right. Mm-hmm. So we're still young. So at that age, what young man like? Let me try to start making a family and build. A See stuff when up. you so, when you preface it like that, I think people are thinking like we were really young. We were in our early twenties. That's young. Yeah, but when you say hunching, I think like high school, like, man, we out here hunching. All right, so I whatever. just wanted to preface All the right, age. So, 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 right. We met in our late teens. And when, you know, you started just doing regular routine checks and stuff, because we was like, man, do we want to be married and stuff like that? Which makes sense. And you said you read the book and it said these are the things you need to check for to make sure that before you get married and, all, and blase, blase. So once we hit that, once we did those checks and we hit that roadblock, it was like, damn. But mentally, I wasn't thinking about trying to have kids at that time. I was just still trying to have fun and live life. Still trying to hunch. Still trying to hunch. Okay. So, but that focus had to shift. And then when that decision was made, I realized that, man, I have to see this through to the end with you because I don't want to feel like I put you in a situation where I can just go leave and create something somewhere else if we didn't work out. And you would be left struggling trying to figure it out on your own with somebody who wasn't there from the beginning. The reality of you can still go create something on your own. True. But now that, you know, you've achieved, you've had the kids, you've done that that due diligence, that pressure is different. But nobody's trying to live in that space. But at that time, I had to contemplate with that decision or those emotions like, man, like I really... You don't want to continue through that process. So you didn't want to do the IVF I, process? At that time, uh, I did. I did not want to do it. And you didn't feel like there was a safe space to say, I, I don't want to do this shit. I did not feel like I had to actually even say that. 
I didn't. So what'd you do with those feelings? Threw them away. We drove my bus to Tampa listening to Life Jennings. <laughs> we just had, I had to I had to work through it until until those feelings became aligned. Okay. So I'm grateful for what we built. I'm glad we went through the journey together and we built the family and all that stuff. But in that, but at that time and in that moment, I'm a young man and I'm like, man, do this now. But you was on go. So, I mean, I'm going to come back to that, I guess. So the next comment says, um, women and men must create a space to be vulnerable. And I agree with that. Because what you're saying here is you didn't feel like there was a safe space for you to say, hey, I'm not aligned with what you want to do and I don't feel the same way. So in 100% transparency, I knew you didn't feel that way. I just didn't care. So so how many situations where women know a man feeling a certain way and don't care? I mean, I can't speak for women as a whole, but are there certain things where I can tell from your face or your behavior where you're not like feeling this? And I still be like, hmm, we going to roll anyways? Yes. But um, there's definitely situations in our life where there we've been there, right? But shouldn't you feel like, let me speak up and actually voice that? So I'm like, if you letting this ride, then we're going to ride. But you're not an anomaly. <laughs> I think that happens more often in more relationships than we may give it credit for. We as men, we have similar stories. We may have different books and stuff, but we have similar chapters in those books. And that's why sometimes men can relate to the whole marriage situation. Like, man, you know, what he used to say before, um, happy, happy, happy wife, happy life. Or something. You know, that's what I used to say. Why right. are you trying to struggle no, with I'm that? No, I'm struggling with it. So that used to be the phrase. Then all of a sudden we became modernized and like we want to change it up and say, happy spouse, happy house, but it's still a happy wife, happy life. I mean, this is play on the same thing. It's just now people are it's, different. Um, no, it's a different mindset because what it taught us then is that if my wife is happy, then I may have a, then, then my life will be less stressful. But if my wife is always in turmoil and stuff like that, then I'm going to catch hell. Yes. But it was, but it wasn't a reciprocal. It wasn't something that was mutual where, the wife had to make sure the husband was happy in that in that dynamic. It was more or less, hey, your wife is happy, then y'all can be so happy. I didn't look this. at it like the saying changed because we were now including husbands. I thought the saying changed because now um, people's partners have changed. Sometimes they're same sex, so we're just changing the saying to to be inclusive. I didn't necessarily think we were like, okay, you know, a husband got to be happy too. I got just you. be honest. So that may be it. There might have been reason why behind it as well. All I'm stating is that when that rolled out, or when you no, felt like you were included, in what when the happiest spouse happy house crap? No, oh, I thought it was bull. What are we talking about? What we're talking about is the mental state of a man saying, "Hey, man, I know that I may have to suppress some of my stuff if it keeps you happy." Oh, I but you don't think that women suppress stuff to make men happy? I think women do it all the time, but this is men's mental health. We're trying <laughs> to take over. That's the problem. Oh, I'm not trying to take over. We've but... been always trying to take over. I'm trying to talk about my feelings, and you want to tell me how you impacted. You're right, so let me be quiet and listen to women's health issues and see how you're impacted because, oh, man. Okay, so... Um, in the chat, it says women deal with more emotions than men. We care about every little thing, and that is correct. Every single thing down to, like, every detail we stop and we think about, and we put some emotion behind it as well. Um, and I don't think you guys care about the little details. I'm not trying to take anything away from men's mental health month, although I did forget about women's mental health month, so I feel like we should run it back, but neither here nor there. I'm just letting you know, like, hey, we have these feelings, too. It goes both ways. That's what I'm saying. Nobody dismisses women's feelings. No, women's feelings get dismissed all the time. The same as men, you may just feel like it's on a larger level um, as a man, but some of that dismissiveness comes from you dismissing your own feelings or putting them to the side, which is probably something that women don't do. 
but our feelings still get dis- get dismissed. I won't debate that. Yeah, like just think about it in our house where you're like, man, I know she's feeling some type of way. Fuck that shit. And you just move on. Like that's you actively saying, I'm going to dismiss your feelings about this and move on with my life. You do that once a day, don't you? I said I'm not debating it. I understand. I just, like, I want you to just live in it. Like, how you just was it? Soak it in. You know what I lived in? What? That we still talking about women's health issues. <laughs> Let's go back to men's health no, issues. We gonna, we gonna, men's nope. <laughs> Stay right there. Stay right there. We are done with men's health issues. Listen, See how you listen, feel? Like, we, you we being got petty. A, we got why a good can't we 35 discuss, minutes. No, why can't we discuss... How men feel in relation to to women, like why can't we relate them together? Like in this particular thing, we're talking about two people in a relationship. A man's mental health sometimes a woman's mental health comes into play. I think a lot of times women play on men's mental health, or mental issues. I guess you would have to expand on that thought because I don't understand. I think sometimes women push certain buttons, especially in relationships. Okay. To expose that mental instability to try to create a, a more desirable result. So if you know, so there have been times we know you'll see women and stuff like that. And so we ain't talking no more so that they can go do what they want to do or create some random issue or something. I've seen it happen. So you else? actively get in a fight with your spouse. I, I think women sometimes like drama and you are someone who will. Me. Yes. You are, now me. Okay. Yes, you. You are you. Okay. I'm not saying that. Like, you like to, you like to debate. How does it came about me? You took it away from men's health and you wanted to be okay. about women. So, I mean, I can take the heat. Do I like to argue with you? Yes. It is my favorite activity in the world. And I can't stand it. But it is my favorite. So I have to live in that space of you wanting to argue even. So what do I do? Nothing. You don't argue. I I do nothing. And then it's not fun anymore. But you don't ever stop trying to do it again. So really, I mean, because you brought this up, the difference is is because you used to do it very well. You just don't like it anymore. Your old man don't want to go back and forth. Right, because as men, you know, we're not trying to project younger years again. If I'm 40, I'm 40. If I'm 50, I'm 50. I don't understand that. I'm just saying, like, you're talking about somebody used to like it back in the day, but we always saying about... But, um, and if it affects your mental health, that's something that you have to say. So as a man, like you have to be vocal. You can't expect a woman to understand what you're feeling and exactly what's different about you. We do all change and transform into different people and outgrow some old habits or old people. That's acceptable, but you have to be able to speak, um, and say, Hey, I like this for this i no longer enjoy this activity that's your responsibility to be vocal about what it is you like and don't like and what affects your mental health i don't like to argue thank you i now understand that but you do debate with me every wednesday on a podcast so sometimes those signals are hard to read debating and exchange of ideas is cool just a flat out let me get on your last nerve and jump on that bad boy until it breaks. Something different. Something different. Understood. So um, the next comment says, men take women wanting to get their point across or expressing how they feel is arguing. Ha That's a great point. Um, when it's simply discussing or debating, and that is very true because if I'm discussing and trying to tell you how I feel, I have to watch my tone not to get very excited because then you take it as though it could be arguing when I just want you to have some understanding from this point of view. But is it dialogue? Because sometimes when, when... I thank Big Z for, for expressing that. That was very well written. I just had to shout that out. I appreciate that. That was very well 
Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes, well, I believe that in those types of situations, um, having a debate and exchange of ideas is great. It's when you're no longer hearing each other. I understand. Where the problem gets into play. And I don't like that either. So when you say debate or arguing, no one wants to be in that situation where neither person is listening. That's not what I like. And what happens is once the conversation goes too far, it's healthy, it becomes toxic, and all you're doing now is trying to defend your version of what right is or what your Sometimes in those conversations and those exchanges, both of y'all may have valid points, but it, all, but it sometimes seems like the other person doesn't hear your valid point. Well, right, so, because when you're in an argument and you're just now trying to... It became an argument. We're trying to debate. No, but if a debate becomes heated enough, right. um, it can turn into an argument, and that's what I'm expressing to you is no one likes to be in that particular stage, but sometimes when people get passionate... I think men do misread those signals like, hey, I'm just trying to tell you how I feel. This could be a passionate voice or a small uplift of tone, and you instantly go to this is an argument, and that's not what it is. I don't necessarily think that's the case for us. I believe what happens is we hear your points, concerns. I think if we don't react a certain way to your point or your concern, you don't think we're being genuine. Well, sometimes you have to react because when you're talking about like men and not displaying emotion, sometimes there's no emotion for anything at all. So it becomes like a, hey, do you hear me? Are you paying attention? Do you have any feelings towards anything that's being said? So I guess I'd have to preface that to maybe like all men. Does everyone act as though like I have no feelings towards anything? Like I just got to be a stone wall. And if that's the case, of course, that can be frustrating if someone's trying to tell you how they feel about a situation and you just sitting there blank face like a, a brick wall. I've just told you that men have been groomed and conditioned not to cry. Crying is a show of emotion. It's a we're not talking about crying. We're just talking about a simple I, facial expression, a green or something. I get what you're saying. But because we're taught, we're, we're, we're trained not to cry. It also means we're trained to suppress emotions. It also means we're being trained to um, try to move beyond challenging situations with little difficulty as possible. Um, I work with I work I work I work with um, a former military man, and he was telling a story about. Um, it's, a, it's a very sad story about, you know, him being, him, him being in, in Iraq and, you know, he was a gunner and, you know, one of the first things he did is, you know, the gunners of Iraq, the Iraq war and all that stuff. It was very, very challenging time for those guys. And he said his very first exchange with gunfire was with a young kid um, coming out of a ditch with a, with an AK. He said he looked down into the <coughs> and he said, Told it like Sarge, I, I'm not shooting. I can't shoot this kid. Told him, "Hey man, you a soldier? Open fire." He said he looked back down again. Said Sarge, "I'm not shooting no kid." He said Sarge said, "With him, son, do what you have been trained to do." Which means that. As soldiers, they have been trained to suppress emotion. They've been trained to suppress feeling. They've been trained to kill. So that's how the upbringing of men has, has, it's almost similar to that. It's like we've been trained to suppress those emotions. So when you see something that you know is traumatic, you shouldn't react to it. You've been trained to suppress it so you don't move somewhere. And those things have unseen scars. He said, man, shoot, whenever I'm, I'm in, my, in a state of mind, I'm always reverted back to that moment. So if you see me lost somewhere, I'm, I may be in that moment. Just come check on me. Fair enough, bro. So you don't think those, those things that you're suppressing are those emotions that you won't allow yourself to feel are actually hindering you in, you know, today's society? I get it. But if those tactics are used in military, we've been using these tactics forever. As black men, they, we use these tactics in segregation it was used in slavery like it was a lot of things that had to be suppressed to survive 
feelings, emotions, and stuff like that. And that stuff just carries on. There's residual damage from those things. That's why I say black men in particular definitely have a hard time with dealing with those emotions because we wasn't always allowed to express it. And if you expressed it too much, it could be, it could cost you your life. And we learned that from the previous generation getting better. We can only hope that we can now teach a better lesson to the next generation. So that's why I say, I think my generation may be on the cusp of something great of being able to express to our sons and our boys that, Hey, it's okay to say what you're feeling. It's okay to, open up about this stuff it's okay to cry I st- have you told a young boy it's okay to cry i am getting better with trying to tell my own child that it's okay to have these emotions but you don't want to continuously dwell in them so i still got work i gotta do but i will at first i was not telling Telling you tell him to suck that shit up. I would tell him to suck it up. But I realized how damaging that is and I had to recognize how damaging it was. So I didn't see how I didn't see it being damaging at first. Now I recognize damn that's kind of damaging. And it's okay to cry. It's okay to deal with these emotions. The question is, what do we do after this? And I'm trying to be a better version for him, for all of us. I still got my I mean, work kudos here. for that, for trying to, for, for recognizing that that's probably not the right course of action and trying to change course. That's not an easy thing to do. Fair enough. So look, look at me giving you flowers. Um, I just said chin up, chest out. Um, so one of the comments say men have been taught to show zero emotion because it comes off as weak, but men being emotionless is not good either, which is exactly what you're saying. Um, it just becomes a point where it it's hindering. So you now expressing yourself here on this podcast, do you think you could be in a room of other guys and express like, Hey man, I'm having a hard time with this and be okay with that. And maybe like shed a tear. Honestly, I think it's because of this podcast that I am now starting to recognize certain things. Okay. Yay for boss fest podcast. So I got to give it. So if if it wasn't for this, then I was to be at that place of less understanding, less empathy, and things of that nature. Because of this, it's forcing me to have to talk, which I hate doing, public speaking. You I, do hate public speaking. I failed it. I got a negative. <clears throat> I didn't know I didn't know you can get negative digits, but <sighs> waste of college money, I swear. But um this is now allowing me to channel deep because what I don't want to do is I don't want to get on here and say the same surface level stuff and it gets dry and it gets boring. So I realized to create more content, to create a better platform for us to survive. I'm about to dig deeper within myself. I'm about to open up more with open myself to some of that trauma, that hurt, that pain. So when we pick these topics, I'd be like, man, shoot, what do I say? What, do, what can I say? What is safe to say? And what do I still hold close to my chest? Because I'm just not ready to have that conversation yet. Or I'm afraid of what that looks like if I truly let that conversation go. Dang, that's interesting. I don't have none of those thoughts. I just be like, what are we talking about? Let's go. <laughs> but I just say anything. Um, I think that's good that at least you now have that outlet. So you feel comfortable to be in a room and possibly cry in front of another guy at the stage you are now. I didn't say nothing about no crying. I asked you about crying. No, I said talking and possibly shedding a tear. You had to hear the whole thing. I said possibly shedding a tear. So so, uh, shed a tear. (sighs) So could you support another guy? Let's say in some type of um, room wherever situation a guy is now expressing his feelings do you think you could be supportive and expressive to that guy and his feelings at the point you are i think now i would have better dialogue in those exchanges i think before uh, sometimes as men we think we're giving sound advice or good advice to our brothers and things of that nature but 
as I look back over some of those conversations, I realize, man, dang, maybe I shouldn't have told you. told them some stupid shit, then. Sometimes we tell, to, we tell our brothers some stupid stuff in an attempt to help them get through some stuff. And what, probably what we should have been saying was something a lot different or more or less not even talking at all, just allowing them to vent, vent. Okay. and not really trying to provide an answer. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges we as men definitely have is we're always trying to seek or provide an answer. And I know that's what gets me in trouble a lot because maybe there's no answer. Maybe I just need to listen. I don't think every situation requires an answer or response. It is sometimes just understanding or hearing the other person goes a long way. So I'll agree with that. So, and like I said before, kind of think back on something. Yeah, I gave some terrible advice to some people that I thought was awesome when I said it. I look back, ooh, I I told you, you should go do all that stuff, man. Okay, I'm a major damn alcoholic. I really hope that's not honestly the case. I'm just saying, like, sometimes as men, we be like, man, you need to just get over her, man. Don't do that stuff, man. Have five drinks. Let's go. We finna go to the club. We finna buy this. We finna go up here. We finna get the. We finna get a case of this and do this and do that and all this other stuff. And like, God, did I lead to this? Like, I don't know if you could lead to someone being an alcoholic like that. I don't but know. You could have actually like tried to see what their feelings were, but instead, what you're saying is you were just like, we don't want to talk about it. Let's go out. Right. I was trying to get them beyond the point of hurt and started letting them think, man, it's more beyond this. So sometimes to get beyond hurt, we as men, we find some type of substance. I mean, not that I'm bringing up women, but I think women, I'm just just saying that as people, you don't know how to relate to certain situations or how to like have dialogue about that situation. So the easiest thing is to do is say, Hey, I'm here for you. Let's change the subject and do something else. So a lot of times in just trying to change this, really addressing the issue may've been more damaging than just sitting there and listening and doing and saying absolutely nothing. Okay. I mean, that's big of you to, to see that understanding and hopefully whoever you made an alcoholic, can see this one day and know that you apologize. You feel bad. Maybe not. They too far in. So, I mean, as we start to, to wrap this up, um, and with your realizations over men's mental health, um, if you could speak to some other man and provide some quick support on what you think, what would you tell them about mental health and speaking about their issues? Uh, number one, I am not a professional. I am just a random, regular dude <laughs> who only provides his opinion. Opinion. While I believe my opinion to be right, oh, no. I have now questioned my own opinion and things I've said in the past. So what I'm going to tell you do is seek somebody that is the right person to have these conversations with because I may not be the right one. But if you're feeling this way, definitely, definitely don't keep holding it in. Have the, have the small conversation. That's, if I can say anything, it'll be that. Start small. Have the small conversation. Sometimes you're dealing with a lot, and you want to see how people respond to it, how they react to it. But just start off with the small conversations, something that you, if someone were to try to use it against you, it wouldn't damage you too bad because we know that, you know, Oh, you about to be petty. No, I'm just saying, we know that if you let out too much information sometimes and a space that you thought was safe today may not be safe tomorrow. So you just got to kind of watch that stuff. And that would be my only suggestion with my, with my non-medical degrees. All right. So would you take your own advice? I am considering more and more taking my own advice. I still think I have a quite a ways to go. But I am now in the process of recognizing that, dang, I think I need to start looking at this differently or I need to approach this from a different Before I would have said it is what it is, we move on, go on, I'll get over it, I'll deal with it. Now I'm, I'm growing into a space where I just don't want to keep dealing with it. But I also fear what not dealing with it 
or truly seeing what lies on the other side might be. Um, in the comments, I got preach, and that's growth. And I do agree. Like, you deserve a round of applause, but you do have some hand claps there. So, yay. I don't know how that sounds in the mic, but it's super big of you, and it definitely displays growth that you can see that and actually suggest something different for yourself. Um, so that is awesome. Uh, anything else you want to say as we wrap up? We wrapping up. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to do what typical men do. I'm going to go ahead and move out, move past <laughs> all this grief and hurt. We ain't even talk about no, no more. Wait a minute. You were just doing so well. What listen, we, listen, we got we can't stay there for long. Okay. This is what we do. We can't <laughs> stay there. Gave can't, you a clap. Can't stay there for long. You know, you know. but now I'm ready to move on. Uh, Get ready. Um, I know I can't wait for uh, the 60 second showcase. Yes, DJ down. just announced that it's his 100th episode. 100th episode. So I definitely got, got my uplifting music. You can play some of my Florida stuff, some of that stuff, you know. Oh, you're making me, requests. Why, why not make a request now if I can? Okay. So I want to test my knees out, see if they still work. I don't think they do. <laughs> um, DJ, if you're watching, definitely drop the link for the showcase. Um, case is tomorrow um check that out it's a hundredth episode um dj is also um the official dj of boss fest and we'll be coming out with the boss fest mix um very soon so y'all stay tuned for that man dj even working on us an intro for our podcast man listen all around great dude hustler would you cry in front of him no okay just check just check I barely cry in front of you. I ain't seen. So, why you keep asking me if I'm gonna? I cry? was just trying to see. You know, you know, your mental health. You were talking about how great you know people is. I just want to listen because I'm, I'm trying to make sure I provide flowers when I can. That's the one thing I am trying to flowers now because you don't know when they're gonna leave. All right, DJ, get on flowers. There you go. But like she was saying, you know, uh, official day of Boss Fest. Uh, Boss Fest is more than. Uh, then a podcast is an event. Um, it's a showcase of entrepreneurs coming together, uh, building their brands, uh, learning together, growing together, healing. You know, you, can I put that? Can I say healing together? <laughs> I want to say healing together. Okay, so because, the because entrepreneurs, business owners going to yes, come together and they're going to heal, heal together. Because being in business can be very traumatic. Okay. I mean, I give it to you. I give it, it to you. It can be traumatic. And, and sometimes stressful. Yes, and and you don't know all the information. That's what Boss Fest is. It's a place for you to get information to heal. <laughs> We're gonna change that up. Boss Fest is a healing event. Healing. Um. Healing. So the theme of Boss Fest is collaboration over competition. Um. I'm changing the theme. To healing. To healing. Just Boss it. Fest is healing. We are healing. All right. He's a mess. If you want more information on Boss Fest, you can visit our website. It's www.boss-fest.com. We are announcing speakers um, sporadically, so definitely follow our page at Boss Fest um, on Facebook and Boss Fest 01 on Instagram. We also have a TikTok, so check us out there. Um, oh, YouTube. Listen, listen, listen. Oh, listen. YouTube. Yeah, we in there. Listen. I need about, I think I got my YouTube channel. We're working on it, building it up. Uh, we need some subscribers on that, so that way I can launch this, um, uh, the podcast from both Facebook and YouTube. I need to get the, the magic number is 50, so we can start doing live content. What you got, three? Man, I got like two, 2.3. I don't know how it's 2.3. So y'all like and share the podcast so like we can share. get more subscribers right. on YouTube. He needs I need 47.3. I'm saying, like, I don't know how they got a point in there, but I, I listen, I got to get to 50 so we can start sharing content so I can start. Thank you, Kendra, for sharing the, the Instagram. We appreciate you. There we go. So when I launch this, when, when I be hitting my, my buttons over here, it go to Facebook, it go to YouTube. I'm trying to get to Twitch. I'm trying to be everywhere. Wind Down Wednesday. Um, Big Z, throw some more information on Wind Down Wednesday. That sounds pretty awesome. Wind Down Wednesday. Man, I think Big Z be trying to get you drunk. Every time she throw an event, boy, it be some alcohol. So. I mean, what's an event without alcohol? See, I ain't mad at that. 
So that's really all we have. Um, if you have an event um, coming up, inbox us. We would love to shout it out on the Boss Fest podcast. Again, please like and share the live. And share. Oh, she said, um, I'm sipping wine. <laughs> I am. I am. I got to drink wine when I talk to him because it'd be serious. And I'm over here drinking agua. <laughs> I know y'all looked at my cup a couple of times. This is water. In an old fancy cup. Ain't nothing fancy about this cup, but it's definitely keep my drink cold. That's why it's fancy. Say less. Anyway, um, so tune in next week at 7. Again, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us for an hour. Uh, we do have seats at the boss table. So if you're interested in sitting with us, um, hit us up again, inbox us. We love to sit with other bosses and discuss real life topics. That's all we got for you guys today. That's all we got today. All right, y'all. Peace, Peace. until next week.